Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our I Am, Jesus in His Own Words sermon series. This series explores the I Am statements made by Jesus and how these two words and His statements that follow tell so much about who Jesus is to us and to the world. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We'd love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select contact us, and send us an email. But we're talking about who Jesus is this morning, Jesus in his own words. And as you can see, those folks were asked, you know, who do they think Jesus is? And this morning, we're beginning this series called I Am, Jesus in his own words. And, and we're going to look at who Jesus is according to his words. But, but let me just start with a question for you. You know, my question would be this, who do you say that you are? Now, I suspect if we wanted to find out who some of you are. If you have social media accounts, we could go on there because there's a profile on those accounts and you say something about who you are, what you like, what you dislike, what you do, those kinds of things. If we wanted to dig a little deeper, we could actually see what you post on your social media accounts because sometimes those tell you even more about what you value and what you believe and those kinds of things. Now, I'm not going to leave out those of you who don't do social media because I know Everybody in here has got a phone, and if you were to allow me to go on your phone, I could look at your photographs, and I could say, you know, who's important to you, what you value. If you let me look into your calendar app, I could see how you spend your time, how that's what's important to you that way. If you let me look at your uh, financial app, I could see, you know, what you value and, and where you, what you do with your, your money because it tells a lot about you. That's how I could find out who you are. But how do we find out who Jesus is? I mean... He, didn't have a, he doesn't have a social media app, not on Facebook or Instagram or, or Twitter. Um, you know, you can't uh, check out his phone and see what his photographs look like or, uh, you know, check out his calendar. But, but you can turn to God's Word, and you can see who he is. You can look at the first four books of the New Testament, and you can hear his words, what he said about himself in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you can understand more about who he is. So today we're going to look at who he is and we're going to be unpacking this for the next couple of weeks. So I hope you'll come back for the the subsequent weeks and, and hear more about who Jesus is in his own words. Now, to do this this morning, to do this really well, I need to lay a foundation. And, and to lay this foundation about who Jesus is, I actually need to, to go back uh, before uh, Jesus was born even and came to earth. And so we're going to go back in history and uh, talk about that. Uh, I'm not going to jump back too far to begin with. I'm just going to jump back a couple of days from his resurrection to the day of what we call now uh, Good Friday, the day that he was crucified. And, and it's interesting, uh, if I were to ask you this question, you know, do you know why Jesus had to die? You, you know, some of you would say, well, well, spiritually speaking, Jesus had to die so he could pay the price for our sins and we could be forgiven and, and we could have eternal life. And that's true. But the question I'm really asking is not spiritually why he had to die, but, but what, were the, what was the religious rules reason that he had to die? Why was he crucified? You know, when Jesus was arrested by the religious authorities of Israel, they were looking for a reason to condemn him to death. They didn't like what he was doing. They opposed him. They thought he was messing up their whole 
uh, sense of what their power and control was for them and for their nation. And uh, uh, there was a point where they actually have a conversation with Jesus. And, and I want to read that from the Gospel of Mark. It's going to be on the screen so you can follow along. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death, but they didn't find any. Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. And then some stood up and gave this false statement against Jesus. He, we heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with human hands, and in three days we'll build another not made with hands. Yet even in their testimony, it did not agree. So then the high priest stood up before them all, and he asked Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent, and he gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated, seating at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. And at this, the high priest tore his clothes and he said, What more do we need from any witnesses? He says, You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? And in unison, they all said, He is worthy of death. You see, the religious leaders condemned Jesus to death for blasphemy. Now, if you're asking the question, how did he commit blasphemy? It happened when Jesus answered the question, are you the Messiah? By saying, I am. That honest answer to the question of whether or not Jesus was the Messiah carried with it more impact than you and I know. Jesus could have just nodded his head affirmatively. He could have said yes, but, but honestly, that would have been just as alarming for those leaders. You see, this was a defining moment and Jesus knew it. Jesus answered with this true statement, I am, because he knew that would be clearly understood by those who heard it. And he also knew it would seal his fate. So what's so special about Jesus answering I am? Well, this is where it really goes back in history. It goes back to the time of Moses. When Moses was uh, keeping the sheep for his father-in-law, he was out in the desert and he encountered God in a personal way. And God said, listen, Moses, I, I want you to go to the people of Israel and to the Pharaoh with whom the people of Israel are in captivity and in enslavement. And I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And now uh, Moses was pretty intimidated by that, and he really pushed back on it. And, and he said, well, well, who should I tell them sent me? And this is where it's so important. In the book of Exodus, we read this. God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. On that day, Israel learned the name of God, that it's I am. Uh, and from that day forward, the name of God was one that was supposed to be honored and revered and held in respect among all people. In fact, if you know, eventually God gave the people of Israel 10 commandments. And one of those commandments said, do not dishonor the name of God. Don't misuse it. And in fact, 
in the law that is recorded in the book of Leviticus. We see this penalty for whoever misuses God's name. That's called blasphemy. It says, whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. So to those who didn't know that Jesus really was the Son of God, it seemed clear that he was blaspheming God's name. But to Jesus and to his followers who understood who he was, they knew it was the truth. They knew it wasn't blasphemy. In fact, when you read through the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I referred to them a moment ago, you see the number of times, once you sort of clue into that Jesus understands that he's God because he refers to himself time and time again as I am and he does this because he knows he is God in the flesh, that he's God, the Son. All of this background information is important for you to understand who Jesus said he was because Jesus understood that he was God in the flesh and that's why he refers to himself as I am. In, in the book of John, seven times, specifically, he says, I am. And then he tells you more about his character and who he is because he follows it up with some words that talk about who Jesus is and who he is to us. And in fact, we're going to look at one today. We're going to look at one I think is the most important one, the one that's obviously very important to Easter as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this is what he says in, in John chapter 11. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. And he goes on and he says this, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. When Jesus tells us he is the resurrection and the life, he's telling us he is the God who brings people back to life. Think that one through. Jesus, when he says that, he's foreshadowing his own resurrection, but he's also speaking specifically to one person. Her name is Martha. Her brother has just died several days ago. He's been buried in a tomb and he is comforting her. And he's telling her that he embodies the power to bring people back to life. And moments later, he does. He brings Martha's brother back to life. He raises him from the dead and brings him out of his tomb. He defeats the power of death for this man. And we know, and we celebrate on the resurrection that Jesus defeated the power of death in his own life by his resurrection. He shows us that he can defeat the power of death, not only in his own body, but in all of our bodies, which by the way, will all surely die one day. Jesus says that even though we die, if we believe in him, we will live again. And this can only happen through the power of the resurrection that's revealed in Jesus Christ. See, the reason you and I are here today is because of the truth of the resurrection. Uh, the reason we are here today has nothing to do with bunnies or, or Easter eggs or springtime, but it has everything to do that Jesus died on a cross for us to pay the price for our sins. And in the tomb, he defeated the power of sin and death and was raised back to life. And he lives today forever in heaven. 
We celebrate that today. But what's the significance for you and me right now? I mean, because we're not dead, right? I mean, you know, I look around in here, there's, there's no corpses in here. I mean, what, what's the significance? I mean, yes, someday in the future when our bodies die, if we believe in Jesus, we're given the promise of eternal life. Our bodies will cease to exist, but our souls will live on forever in heaven. We'll be raised back to life. But how is that relevant for us today? God uses the historical testimony of the resurrection of Jesus to draw us into a relationship with him where we believe in Jesus, where we worship him, where we follow him and his teachings. And he tells us he is the resurrection because he has the power to raise people back to life as he did for himself. When Jesus says that he is the resurrection, he's also saying this, though, that his resurrection power is available to every single person who believes in him, not just in the future, but today. The same power that Jesus used to come back to life is the same power he wants to use in our lives to help us. You can't have a resurrection without a death. Remember, as Jesus came to love us and to show us the way to God, he was going through an immense time of suffering he was brokenhearted. He was let down by his friends. He was abandoned. He was left alone at his darkest moment. He was falsely accused and executed. And after all of that, he was entombed. But he defeated the power of death and he rose again to life. And he promises us that through our bodies, Though they may, will fail and die, if we believe in him, we will live again. So he gives us that promise of eternal life. But he also gives us another promise. He promises us that he will save us, not just for eternity, but that he will save us for now in this lifetime and that he will give us hope in the midst of this life. Now, remember, he uses the name of God, I am, to refer to himself. So he's telling us that he's God, that he's God the Son, but he's telling us more. He's telling us if, if we believe in him, though our bodies will die, we'll live again, but he's telling us that we can have resurrection power now. And that gives us hope. That gives us hope for today because he's telling us, I love you so much. I want you to walk in newness of life on this side of death until the day comes when I call you home. He's telling us that, that I love you so much, that I care about you so much, that I want you to experience my resurrection power in eternity, but now too. I want you to walk with me in newness of life. Now think that one through. He can resurrect us and lift us up in this life right now. You know, life can be hard. Life can be difficult. You know, some of us, we, we come in here and we, and we put on a happy face, but, but life isn't so great. You're facing struggles in work, with family, in relationships, with school, whatever it is. And, and some of us are going through difficult, challenging times, and it feels somewhat like we're dead on the inside. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life. Not just eternal life, 
but life now. I will walk with you. I will walk with you through your valleys. I will walk with you through your difficulties. I will lift you up in power. I will give you resurrection power in this life. So let me ask, are you hurting? Are you depressed? Are you brokenhearted? Are you just worn out by life? Jesus wants to lift you up and give you power for living right now. Are you overwhelmed by the the weight of things that you've done that you're ashamed of? Are you ashamed of things that the Bible calls sin? Jesus is waiting and ready to wash away your shame and to forgive you of your sin. He has the power to raise you up and to restore your life today through his love and through his grace. The last song that we sang this morning, it's called Reckless Love. And that song to me has got to be the most powerful song, uh, at least in, in, to me right now. Because that, that's, that song was inspired by Jesus' own words. Jesus tells a story about a shepherd who has a hundred sheep. But the shepherd loses one sheep. The shepherd knows where all the other 99 are. And the shepherd says, I'm going to leave the ones that are found. I'm going to leave the ones that are okay, that are in good shape. And and I'm going to go and do whatever it takes to find the lost one. I'm going to go on an all-out search and rescue to find the lost one. And, And you know what that tells me? That tells me, about how Jesus looks at you and me. When Jesus looks at you and me, if if we're found, he's happy. But if we're lost, he wants us to come back to him or to come and know him for the first time. He wants us to understand that he wants to be in a relationship and and encourage us and empower us in this life. And so he's going to go all out and do whatever, whatever it takes. And that's the reckless love of God, that he'll leave the 99 and go out and find the one. His love is, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll even go to a cross to pay the price for sins. Let's talk about this. Dan made a good point this morning. He said, you know, God's character, Jesus' character is not reckless, but how he loves us is. Because he said this, I love you so much. I love you so much that that I will come to earth I will set aside my divinity. I will come down from heaven. I'll be born as a, as a human baby. I will live as humans do. I will, I will encounter every emotion, every feeling, everything every human ever has. And I'll even love them to the point where I will suffer and die for them with no promise, with zero assurance they will ever love me back, that they will ever believe in me, that that they will ever follow me. God loves us in Jesus recklessly. Recklessly. That's how much he loves us, and that's how much he desires for us to know his power for living in this life, to have a relationship with him, and to walk in that newness, and that's how much he desires for us to spend eternity with him. 
You know, this morning, Cynthia read the story of the resurrection where Peter and, and John went running to the tomb and discovered that it was empty. And it says they believed once they discovered it was empty. Later on, Peter wrote uh, several letters to the churches in the early years of the church on earth. And Peter wrote this. He said, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. What does that say? That says that we have a hope in Jesus, that he will give us his resurrection power now and in eternity, that he has that hope. He says we can be born in, into a, a new birth by believing in him and trusting him. And we can be, receive that encouragement and that power for living while we're on this earth. And that promise of the inheritance that will be kept for us in heaven when we die. You see, we have this hope in Jesus. He saves us. He offers us new life and eternal life. And that's important for you to recognize. He offers it to you. He says, I love you this much, and I'd like you to receive this love. But I'm not going to force it on you. I'm not going to make you love me back. I'm not going to make you believe me. I'm not going to make you follow me. I'm not going to make you accept that I died on the cross to, to pay for your sins. But I'm going to offer it to you. And the Bible is clear. It says, you know, while we were God's enemies, in other words, we didn't follow him, we didn't believe him, we didn't love him, we didn't like him, we didn't accept anything he did, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. And he offers that to us. And he doesn't make us take it. He doesn't make us accept it. That's a reckless kind of love. That's a love without conditions. That's a love that says, I'll die for you, but I won't make you love me. It's your choice. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote this about the crucifixion. In, in the book of Corinthians, he says this, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Uh, you, you know, what he's saying is this, is that, is that the Son of God, God Almighty, who would come in the flesh, that he would die for people that don't accept him and what he's done. That's like the best April Fool's joke that ever happened, you know, that, that he would die for people with no guarantee that they would accept him. But, but he says, listen, I love you that much. Even if you think it's foolish, I love you that much. It's no April Fool's joke. The all-powerful son of God is willing to allow himself to be executed to save anyone who would believe in him. Jesus offers us that power that he will walk through us and, and lift us up and, and give us resurrection when we feel like we're living a, a life that is death. Not only will he give us eternal life, but he says, listen, you've got to accept it. I offer that to you. And he waits. 
He says, it's, it's up to you. You can respond. So what would your response be today? Maybe you would have responded if you had some time to think about it. Maybe you would respond if you could talk to God about it. So why don't we take a little time to think about it? Even take some time to talk about it to God, not me. I'm going to ask Dan to play a song in a moment, a song that's just sort of been on our hearts this week. It's a song that really says, you know, God's offered this to us and we can respond. And I want to encourage you to talk to God about it. You know, God, you know, this is what's going on in my life. This is how I'm struggling. This is what I'm struggling to believe about you. you want to sing along, you can. If you just want to let the words wash over you and just spend some time praying and meditating, that's fine. And then I'll come back and and, uh, share some more with you.
Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So why would you want to respond to Jesus in faith today? If you feel unloved, wouldn't you like to know that God loves you unlimited, that, that he desires for you to understand that he'll do whatever it takes for you to know that love. If your life's a mess and you're broken and you're hurting, wouldn't you like to, to have Jesus with his resurrection power help you? If you think your life is hopeless, beyond help, don't you want to know that God thinks you're so important that he would die for you? On this Resurrection Sunday, wouldn't you like to, to know for certain that you're saved from death and have the hope and promise of eternal life? Listen to what the Bible says. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So this morning, I want to give you a, an opportunity to respond. If you've never told Jesus that uh, he is Lord and that you believe that he was raised from the dead, you can do that today. If you've done that before, but you feel like you need to, to renew that commitment to him, you can do that today. Very simply, I'm just going to lead you in a prayer that you can pray silently. So I'm just going to ask everybody if they bow, their, bow your heads and if you close your eyes. And, and if you want to pray this prayer after me, just pray it silently right at your seats. Dear God, I believe in Jesus. I believe that he died for the forgiveness of my sins. I believe he rose again from the dead. Today, I declare Jesus is my Lord. And I commit to following him for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Keep your eyes closed for a moment. So listen, this whole idea of declaring that Jesus is Lord is about going public with your faith. So I'm just gonna ask something between you and me. If you prayed that prayer today, if you prayed that prayer, will you just raise your hand, raise it high. That is awesome. Praise God. That is so awesome. That is awesome. You can put them down. All right, everybody can open their eyes. Look, uh, at least a dozen people raised their hand. Can you just show them how much you appreciate that? So th this is just an awesome day. And, and look, for those of you who raised your hand, you're probably thinking, well, what do I do next? This is what I, my commitment to you. On that welcome card in front of you, there's a little block where you can check if you made a commitment to Christ. I want you to go ahead and check that before you leave today. And then write your name and your email. And this is my promise. I'm only going to send you one email, unless you want others. I'm only going to send you one. And that email is going to say, I'm so excited for you. And I'm going to send you an electronic book that, that will just guide you through this new relationship with Jesus. And if you have questions about it, you can email me back. But I can't send it to you 
unless you let me know. And if you, if you want a hard copy, you can come see me, so you don't have to do it electronically, whichever works. Now, I know for some of you, you know, this brings up some stuff that you'd like to talk with somebody about or have somebody to pray with. And at the end of our service, there'll be folks up here with prayer team badges on, and, and they'd be happy to talk with you and, and even pray with you. And you can spend as much time with them as you'd like. Now, I, I know for some of you, that you just want to say, well, you know, you know, I like what God's doing here and I want to get involved. So I want to encourage you to come back next Sunday. Next Sunday, we're going to continue in this series. After the second service, after the 11 o'clock service, we're going to have a, a brunch and you're invited to stay for the brunch. And, and then we're going to start a new series of classes. They're one hour uh, each Sunday. It's called Growth Track. You can read more about it in your, uh, in your bulletin or online. And I encourage you to do that. And in fact, I encourage everybody. Uh, People have been here forever and people that are just interested in learning more to, to take that next week. But here's what I, the way I want to wrap up this morning. You know, this is, this is Resurrection Sunday. The reason we're here is Jesus rose from the dead, that Jesus won the victory over sin and death for us and for himself, that he, he did this because he loves us. And we're going to close singing a song that celebrates the resurrection. And the words to me are very powerful words because they talk about the power of the resurrection to save us from sin eternally. But they also talk about how the fact is we walk through life following Jesus. We have his resurrection power and he's resurrecting us each and every moment as we follow him. In fact, this is, this, these are the, this is the refrain. It says, by your spirit, I will rise from the ashes of defeat. Does anybody want to be raised from the ashes of defeat? Oh man, yes. Uh, the resurrected king is resurrecting me. In your name, I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. So let's stand and let's celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ who's resurrecting us. So this is a great day. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We celebrate with new brothers and sisters in Christ. As you leave here today, go forth in that victory, the, the one who loves us, who cares for us, who is resurrecting us. Let me close with a final blessing, and I hope you'll go out and connect with each other and have some refreshments and some coffee. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.